mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. episode 28 and we are going to reflect on multiplying integers we're going to talk about ratios some more cuisinaire rods and then talking math with your kids today so did i name all the things i think you did yeah yep all right so we are also um a few days and one week from the end of the school year right you how many more days you have um today and tomorrow wow actually jealous today and the kids don't come tomorrow. Okay. This so is today's it. your last day of school. Yeah, they're going to take an exam, and then we're going to entertain them for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> you need a bigger smile on your face, Ruth, because you're at the end. <laughs> there you go. That's better. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about, like, the exams that I have to grade and yeah. the defeat you feel mm-hmm. Yeah. when yeah. you're grading them. Like, really? Yeah. I, I feel yeah. Um, yeah. I have, I have the rest of this week and then we're off Monday for the holiday and then Friday is a half day. So we go all the way till, till next week. So I have one more week than you do. But last night I was telling Jay, like, I, I go back and forth between like, oh, I can't make it seven more days or how many more I have. And yeah. then, and then on the other end, Four I'm like, half. yeah, on the other side, I'm like, yes, you can. There have been much harder points in the school year when you know, you have when I have I love math day and classes and work and right. you know, so and I saw something on Twitter it said finish strong but start stronger. Like don't give up at this point and yeah. start to really think about what you're gonna do next year and plan for it. And we actually had the fifth graders come to sixth grade and the whole idea behind that is What's it going to be like next year? How is it going to be different? Yeah. And our colleague created an escape room. And so they got to escape elementary school and come to middle school and learn things like you have to sit with your class in elementary school at lunch. But in middle school, you get to choose. And you don't have to. The final clue was there's no more lines. Cool. Um, And No more lines. Yeah. In fifth grade, they have to walk in a line from one class to the next. And in sixth grade, the bell rings and you get to just like go to your class. Just a free for all. Yeah. (laughs) But that is the thing that they're the most excited about. Yeah. Understandably. No, they have lockers in elementary school. They're in their classroom. Gotcha. But that's what they say they're most excited about. And they can wear flip flops. The girls can wear flip flops because they don't have recess anymore in middle school. And you can't wear them in elementary school because recess, whatever. So they blow out a flip flop. Yeah, they're excited about wearing flip flops and yeah, not walking in a That's line. That's fun. That's a good way to introduce it. We have we have had move up day in the past before, um, but we didn't do it this year. But Adley's going to get to go. She's going into sixth grade, and mm-hmm. and she's going to get to go to her school for like a three day yeah. orientation. Well, they, I think they, it's a three half days. Yeah, they yeah. they. The bus picks them up, and I think they did. They eat lunch there too, maybe or or breakfast. I, I forget. Um, but that's. I'm really glad that they're going to do that. I think that's. It's important. really hard on the sixth grade teacher side to like have on this happy first day of school. Yeah, I'm so glad you're coming because you really are tired. Tired. Yeah, you know. 
Um, in math, we just said, I, I always tell them it's really important that you learn how to think mm -hmm. and hopefully you can think. So let's solve some riddles and see how you think. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if you th don't think. And yeah. The riddles are like how many, um, how many animals did Moses put on the ark? And they're asking questions like, oh. <laughs> total, you want to know how many total or can we just say <laughs> two each? And then I'm like, eh. Noah put animals on the ark. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like a farmer had 27 sheep and all but 19 died. How many are there? <laughs> um, and some of the kids who think they're really smart then just are like, oh, you tricked me again. Wait, so. you said it so fast. I didn't I hear said the a joke. farmer had 27 sheep and all but 19 died. How many are left? And so the kids subtract because oh, it says how many oh. are left. Oh, it's 19. So then I'm having this conversation with this kid and I'm like, could you read that second sentence? And he says, all but 19 died. Could you tell me what that means? It means 19 died. Oh, could you read it again? <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun. He's like, can't wait for sixth grade exactly. now. <laughs> wow, he's going to be a great teacher. <laughs> it's funny. Cool. All right, so you, um, la in the last episode, we talked about how your uh, curriculum, there are things kind of shifting grade levels, which mm -hmm. is kind of, that's happening in our place, you know, her habit, that's, it's happening everywhere all right. the time. And so you had to get your teammates prepared to teach some of those random little things that they didn't want them to miss. And you ended up teaching multiplying integers. So you wanted to talk a little bit I about did. how that went. So I... We did a lot of research. Yeah. And I had the Van de Waal book open on my podium, which I can't ever remember teaching with a book open. But I wanted to say, because I felt like I still didn't have a good grasp on what it said. And I wanted to read his words exactly. Yeah. So after I taught it one time, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> and once I got it. I was able to describe to the kids. And so we did the a table, which I have a link to, and it was a multiplication table that ended up being divided into four quadrants. And I was very systematic about how I had them fill it out because when we noticed and wondered at the beginning, it looked like a coordinate grid. Oh, yeah. But the negatives and the positives were not in the same place on a coordinate grid okay. and it had zeros all the way across. So we compared and contrasted. Why could it be? Why is it not? Um, so I would be leery of just giving the whole grid to a student and saying, fill it out because yeah. it was really kind of difficult to understand, but we went step by step and filled out the quadrants. We noticed, we wondered, we talked about each one. Um, and then we highlighted the Posit the two positive quadrants or the two negative quadrants. And then we had one and I said, so if we're going to finish the pattern, what should go here? And it was the quadrant where there were negative numbers times negative numbers. Okay. And someone was like, well, it should be positive. Like, okay, you're exactly right. When we look at this pattern, that's what we're missing. So they did it. And then I said, well, let's talk about what we discovered. What do these patterns prove to us? And it was so much fun to have kids be like, Mrs. E, I don't think this is right because this says a negative times a negative, and those are positive numbers. So we 
took a vote, which one of these is the easiest to understand, which one of these is the hardest to understand. And then I said, so let me tell you a true story. Until about a month ago, (laughs) this is what I had learned. A negative times a negative equals a positive. And teachers are going to tell you that for the rest of your life because it's always going to be true. Mm -hmm. But I want to make sure that I've done my job to make sure you know why. How many of you care why? Everybody raised their hand. They did care? Yes. Wow. It was so awesome. Like it's the end of school. But I had intrigued them enough with figuring out why all year. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I had a series, not, you know, I don't remember, you know, in elementary school, some of my teachers, but I remember every math teacher I had in middle school and high school, I had excellent teachers. Nobody, nobody told me why a negative times a negative is a positive. Uh You know, I don't, I'm not saying they didn't know, but it just was never explained. You know, I don't understand. I mean, I know it's the case. But I don't think, Jay, if you're a teacher and you're teaching from a textbook, Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think textbooks explain it. I think that textbooks tell you all these cute little ways to do it. And so I said, these are some things you're going to hear from teachers. You're going to hear it's if you love to love, that's good. And if you love to hate, that's bad. And if you hate to love, that's bad. And if you hate to hate, that's good. And I never heard that before, but I think I get it. Oh, so it's yeah. Yeah. Positive and negative. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. So I taught him that, Mm -hmm. and then we looked at it on a grid, and then someone said, so if the signs are the same, it's positive, and if the signs are different, it's negative. Yeah. Yes, as long as you remember that you're talking about multiplication, division, Uh not Uh addition, subtraction. But, like, the coolest part came, and I'm going to – we baby-stepped into this part. Yeah. But eventually we had 12 tiles on our desk – that represented zero. So we had six red and we had six yellow. Okay. And, and in case you missed our last week's episode and to make, make sure everybody knows what we're talking about, that it, one of the way to deal to like model integers is to have the yellow and red chips mm-hmm. and there it's called a zero pair when you have a yellow, one yellow and one red kind of representing negative one and positive one and together they make a zero. So the, the chips are just there to show like an equilibrium that meets. That's a good way to say zero. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because. Does it matter how many chips you have? It doesn't. So, and that's kind of where we were. I said, please stand up when you have zero on your desk. So I had kids who stand up with nothing on their desk. And then I had kids stand like, up with. I would like scoop it in my hand and drop it. Red and yellow. So one zero pair. And then I had some kids who just kept building zero pairs. And so I finally said, I'd like everyone to show zero using six tiles. And but, we, but do you really mean 12 tiles? I'm sorry. Using six zero pairs. Okay. Yes. 12 okay. tiles is what I said. Okay. Okay, so you have those 12 tiles, and then I said, let's just model addition and subtraction and multiplication and division problems. So we started with addition, and I said, I'd like for you to show me positive 2 plus positive 2. And so you reach in the extra tub, and you lay down two yellows, and then you reach in the extra tub, and you lay down two more yellows, and you look at your desk, and you have four yellows and six zero pairs, and you just say, I have four. You're exactly right. Put that away. Let's do... Negative two. So you don't pull from the zero pair for that. No, it's okay. just zero. It's just there. Um, and and I went to. We did talk about this on a run. Sorry, have to t- tell the truth. <laughs> and I'll just go ahead and say that she kept. It was a good teacher move to like keep the six zero pairs on there because throughout all of the problems she's going to say, then you're not having to change what you're starting with. 
So it's going to get harder okay, and harder and harder. Sense. And having six zero pairs is the most zero so pairs you're going to need. So they're the six zero pairs up there, even if they're not using them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're, but they're always there. So you don't have to be like, okay, for this problem, figure out how many zero pairs you're going to need. Like just put a whole bunch there and, and use them when you need them. Gotcha. That's what we're, why you did that. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Okay. So now we're going to add some, a positive and a negative. So we're going to get three plus negative two. So you're going to get out three yellows and lay them down and you're going to get out two reds and lay them down. Well, now you're going to make your zero pairs and you're going to have one yellow left over. So your answer is one, positive one. So are these, not that it matters, but I'm trying to get the complete picture in my head. <laughs> are they different colors on different sides? Yes. Or, so they're all the same chips. They're just exactly. depending on which way they flip. It's just a whole so bucket like little, of chips. Little chips or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Exactly. Um, so now we're in multiplication. So I want you to show me, and I'm writing the expressions on the board so they can see them. And so now I want you to show me two groups of negative three. So you reach in the extra tub and you pull out three red, and then you reach in the extra tub and you pull out three more red, and you've showed me two groups of negative three. And you look on your desk and you have negative six. Gotcha. Okay, so now I want you to show me negative two times negative three. Well, that means take away two groups of negative three. So you look at what is on your desk. And the, so we're now looking at the At the zero tiles. pairs, right? And you take away two groups of negative three. So you take away six of those. You take away those six red, and you're left with six yellow. That's so cool. Wow. And so Vandewall. How I many times do you have to do that? Jay, it was so cool because when we did it and they were left, I was like, how many of you think that is so cool? And it was just like everybody was engaged for that minute. Like, wow. And I said, you don't have to do this every time you have a problem. You can remember the rule and do it. But you got to know that that's why it works. Because multiplying a negative times a negative means taking away the sets below zero, so you're left with just what's right. above zero. R- repeatedly taking away negatives. Yeah. And then we're at a Christian school, and Courtney, the next day, does follow-up. And she talks about Jesus taking away our sins. Huh. And how that was a positive thing. Yeah. That's cool. See, the first time I'd have seen that, it had been like watching a card trick or something. I'd have been like... Wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> Do it again. I see that it works, but I don't get it. Let's try that again. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we kept doing examples, yeah. right? So I have to say, you know, even bigger than the than the integer lesson, it, you have this teacher move in there that you're like, this is a thing that's really, really hard. And so let me tell you what other teachers are going to say and then go back and fill in the, the this is what we know. That's a cool... Structure. Setting up a challenge. Like, hey, you're going to see if you can, you know, this is tough even for teachers. Yeah. Let's see if if you can understand this. It's just, you know, it's almost, I've gotten to some places where I've wanted to say King Henry doesn't usually drink chocolate milk, you know, like I I could have used it that way. I could have been, this is what you're going to hear in, you know, sixth and seventh grade. Um, But let's, let's us, let's look at that. Let's see how it's useful. And then let's us go back and understand why it works. Oh, those you know? are the metric units. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 
you did listen to a few episodes back oh, there, <laughs> JJ. Heck, how many times have you guys thrown out some sort of mnemonic <laughs> device? <laughs> kidding, kidding. Yeah, I like that. That was good. That was good. So it was pretty cool. Which led to one of my students bringing me a gift. This is the very first time that the math teacher has gotten a gift and no one else has. Because usually the Bible teacher gets all the amazing gifts. Everybody loves the Bible teacher. Yeah. Not everybody loves math. So that yeah. means they can't love the math teacher. But she bought me a shirt and Yay. it says it's all fun and games until someone divides by zero. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. So I like it. All right. So several, maybe two episodes late ago or three, we talked about ratios and you were telling, uh, it was the day you were going to do the lemonade lesson. And so oh, right. um, we did hear from Monica. Uh, uh, she tweeted us um, about one of her lessons. Um, so I'll try to describe that. She she was doing a very similar like tasting kind of ratio thing and she ended up making videos of herself making different mixtures of lemonade right Mm -hmm. like we watched the one that was like here two solutions thank you oh that's right science fifth grade science (laughs) yep um here's two tablespoons of uh mixed or lemonade solute Ooh, that makes me think of a song (laughs) hold it back hold it back (laughs) oh ruth um so two oh gosh now i'm totally distracted (laughs) i have to sing this song in my head um Put two tablespoons of lemonade mixture and then eight cups, cups of, water. of water. And mm-hmm. then she was going to have them watch the videos. This is a lesson she did in her class, obviously. She she was going to have them watch the videos of her making different solutions, fill out a ratio table about each one, and then kind of reflect about it. So it was a good way to, to you know, f- I thought it was cool. But what, what mm-hmm. other things do you think about it? So comparing to what happened in my class when they – made it themselves. Yeah. She was able to use her time more wisely yeah. because it was made yeah. and they were to take a little sip. Um in my class we they made it across the table from each other and then they tasted it and while they were tasting it I was taking pictures of their faces. <laughs> Not so the next day I put the pictures of their faces on this slideshow and they, the students had to guess whether they were drinking solution A, which was fairly normal, and solution C, which was super horrible, concentrated. super really concentrated. Strong. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they enjoyed that, and then we were able to talk about what the what it could have been, and we started having this conversation about a ratio table, and you, yeah. That, yeah, you say that. Okay. I so say that. <laughs> I can't I, say that. I think I, I apologize if I've got this wrong, but I'm thinking that I heard this on the Making Math Moments Matter podcast, the episode with Kathy Fosno, which by the way, you should go listen to it. I'm gonna tell you a second time that you need to listen to it. Okay. I did listen to Andrew Stadel's. Oh, good. Stadel. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know. He says his name, so I think it's Stadel. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what was that one about? Estimation 180. Just, yeah. He's got two episodes. Cool. Okay. I'm going to have to listen to that too. So I listed, um, Kathy Fosno wrote the Young Mathematicians at Work series, which are books that I've used for my class. And we've talked about them before. Um, And she kind of, I told you before, she kind of reminds me of Marilyn Burns in in a lot of ways. Um, Would she think that's a compliment? I'm sure. I I would assume anyone would think that's a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Um, And it was a, it was just a fun episode and she has this really 
she has a new resource that she's working on and I, I've just enjoyed it so much. I'm pretty sure this is where I got this little nugget, but I, I, I'm sorry okay. if it's not. Anyway, move on. Um, she was like talking about how you could select your examples or problems or whatever in order to have the students discover the idea of a ratio table. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like, hey, let's use a ratio table for this problem, or you can use a ratio table. Like, you perhaps could organize the way that you ask the questions or the tasks that you set out to get them to discover a ratio table. And even if it's not like that, maybe maybe it is that we've made this table now what do you notice and wonder about the table? Before I ever said, this is a really useful tool. Like, could they realize the idea that in a ratio table you can multiply and you can add to get to others? Jay, do you do you know what we're talking about when we say ratio table? Or should we try to explain that? No, no, that? I understand. Okay. No, I got you. I was, I, was, I was focused on something you said a while ago, trying to make a mental picture of it. Yeah. So I missed the last few seconds. That's okay. I was, so I'm going back, back to yeah. my Cuisinier Rod lesson that I taught with the teachers that were teaching sixth grade math. And I asked them a question and then I was like, here, let me organize what you just said in a ratio table. And, you know, these were some teachers who were either not currently teaching it or were very new to it. Um, and so a lot of them were honest and were like, I don't really know what you mean by ratio table. So I was showing it to them and and I just showed it to them. Just this is it, and look, at, you can add going across, or you can multiply going across. And I could have organized what they were saying, and then had them come up with the. What do you notice here? So, I think the key to what you said, or what she said, is that you would choose your problems. Yeah. That would lead them to that. And yeah. I'm thinking about the problems that I start with when I introduce ratios. Yeah. And I didn't I haven't thought well enough about them for them to lead the students into that table. So maybe if I changed how I started, they could get to it because I am like, let me show you how you could problem solve. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I thought about was if I could do a better job as a teacher showing them how to use a table to organize their thinking, yeah. not even if it's a ratio table, just like I think about open middle problems and some students, I like that they're accessible for everyone, but the whole thinking process of where did, why did you pick the numbers you started with mm -hmm. and what was the problem like, why didn't it work? And what could you change? Like, if I could teach them th to put that in a table and yeah. think through that kind of a process, yeah. almost like a table is a really good place to go for lots of things. Right. Um, like, I, yeah, I, I would have to really think about and be deliberate about the problems that I started with. Yeah. So we've talked before about exemplars and one of the, there's, it's a, it's a program that offers pre-written tasks that problem solving tasks, and then um, gives you ways to, for you to assess the students and students to self-assess themselves. Um, 
And there's like five different categories where you assess them. And one of them, I think is, I'm going to get the name wrong, but one of them basically means, did you use a something that's like a table it doesn't have to be a table but like it almost organized yeah like a represent i don't know if it's a representation i think maybe it's called representation and so you know it could be a model it could be a graph but most of the time it's it's did you make a table of your information and and at first i was like eh, we don't need a table to solve every single problem but i'm realizing now that like if those two ideas were going together you know, if, if we were over and over seeing how can we organize our thinking into a table, then they might choose it as a strategy for something totally unrelated, like an open middle problem, you know. Um, I, th- I think it's important. And I think I, I touched on it a little bit because of um, – because of exemplars this year. Like when, when, hmm. when I did it and I was like, you don't have a, I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong word, but you don't have a representation. What are you going to pick? A t- Remember last time we talked about tables, that's probably pretty easy to, you know, a pretty good place to start. They were becoming more used to using a table because they were required to use it there. So for what it's worth, that might be a good place to look for ideas. Hmm. Um, so I think, do you have anything else to say about ratios or? So we were going to talk about the um, Annalise yeah, yeah, yeah. A that, model. That's right. This kind of the cues and air rods and the ratios yeah. okay. together. Good. So last time we were, I was trying to think about how, because I was going to be talking to sixth grade math teachers about how to use cues and air rod with, with ratios. And we, we gave this example about pens and pencils and the three block was going to represent, let's say three pencils and the two block the red one was going to represent two markers or pins whatever and then you had 20 and then how many do you have of each and so you were going to have another row of 20 it could be either two oranges or five or four yellows or fives um and so you're going to have like two equal bars that add up together and so um it'd be great if we had some of them jokers right here on the table i know (laughs) i really would be we need to just have a set that stays on this podcast table here um but so Annalise sent a picture. So go to the show notes and look at the picture. And it was exactly what we were describing. It was perfect. Um, however, when I looked at it, like we take, we were talking about it. Like I understand why I was struggling with the example you gave, because it's hard to see. It's hard to see two pins in the one red piece. And for when Annalise showed it to me, I had envisioned. Two whites. Oh, yeah. And three whites. Yeah. Knowing that they represented something different. And so when the red and the green were in there, because I haven't like really, really mastered Cusenair rods because they're coming next year. So yeah. I haven't used them. Those <laughs> those colors did not bring numbers to my mind. Yeah. Like you just rattled off what all those colors meant. Yeah. And if I had not seen her picture, I would have been confused like Jay. Right. <laughs> so that's why... I was, I think I was probably picturing the the three and the two as blocks smushed together and you were picturing them as separate. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, we were in a context that is set based, like two of these and three of these, mm-hmm. but Cuisinaire rods are linear tools and it would, we, I kept saying it would make more sense if we had a linear context to go with 
this model that we were using. So we thought of one. It took us a lot. It took us a lot right. of turns around the uh, around and it. It goes with math before breakfast. It does. Perfectly. Okay. Are you going to explain it or am I going to explain it? No, you're going to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's actually true life that we are. I've told Ruth that we're going to have a new plan ne- in, in the summer because we, you don't have to be at work quite so early. So I told Ruth that we're going to um, do one run a week where we jog for a little bit and then we run fast for a little bit and jog for a little bit. Really right now, it's more like we jog for a lot and then we walk for some. That's our <laughs> current our current plan. All but the, we talk for all. Yes. And yes. when we get ready to do this little model you're talking about, yeah. there's going to be a whole lot of silent oh, time. Right. For, sure. Talking for sure. For sure. Okay. So the model could represent um, Missy and Miss Profit are going to jog for three minutes and then run for two minutes. So for every three minutes of jogging, there's two minutes of running. If they run for 20 total minutes, how many, how much time are they running? That That is totally if, if visible. Change, if they're moving for 20 minutes. Oh, sorry. Say, yeah. use okay. run. Or use the word sprint over here and call jogging and sprinting. Jogging, sprinting, and then running. overall running. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. So how many... Then you can see the yellow in her picture. If you're going to, I would strongly encourage you to look at the show notes. In her picture, the yellow is going to represent the entire run, right? And then the green is going to represent the jogging and the red is going to represent the sprinting. And you can see that group of five, like stamped over, you know, four Mm -hmm. times. So there's a three and a two, a three and a two, a three and a two up beside the two tens. Yeah. Isn't that cool? And that's a ratio, yeah. right? And it's a linear model, which right. sometimes we just pull stuff out of our closet and say, get three of these, get two of these. And we haven't really put the thought into it, Yeah, which is going back to that whole modeling, those integer problems that I said. Yeah. And you pointed out that it was really good that they just knew that that was zero and it was on their desk. Yeah. And the whole time. Right. Because you could start your whole integer, like model all of these, and just have the kids start with zeros. And then mm-hmm. they could multiply, divide, add, and subtract every single one using tiles. Yeah. So those, when they were going back to that example mm-hmm. you talked about a second ago, they're used to working with those zero pairs. Yes. When we first introduced integers, and sixth grade was the first time we did it, we spent a long time. What does a zero pair mean? Like, Take a step to the left, take a step to the right. Where are you now? Gotcha. Um, I just know that in sixth grade, um, I would have been raising my hand over and over to my math teacher. like, yeah, but what are these things up here for? Mm-hmm. Why do I got these tiles up here that we're not using? Like if you had just said, now put these tiles, you know, if they weren't used to that concept. Right. And using them and all of a sudden you had them put the, and then start working beneath them. I, I would be, I, I wouldn't be able to focus. It. Yeah. Because what are those jokers for? So what would the answer be? They're just well. I'm saying you've already used them and you've used them previously. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like if all of a sudden we start doing this lesson on how to represent negative times negative, and I've got these extra tiles up at the top. Yeah, I would be annoyed. Really preoccupied on what the heck they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right. Look at us finding things to talk about on the last week of school. I'm kind of (laughs) proud of us, guys. (laughs) Okay. So. Let's, can we end with talking math with your kids? Yes. Okay. So if you haven't heard of it before, there's a hashtag 
T-M-Y-K, talking math with your kids. And it's mainly, what? what's the face for? There's letter for with. T-M-W-Y-K. Whoops. Gotcha. Okay. T-M-W-Y-K, talking math with your kids. Thank you. Um, and it is, it is, I think it's primarily used for math teachers who end up talking about math at home with their own children. Don't you mm-hmm. feel like that's where, where most of the time it's coming from? Well, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there are lots of parents who could use that hashtag. They're just not. They don't know about it. Yeah. yeah. They're not on Twitter to know They're about it. They're not in the right. mid-boss circle. Let's just right. say. Yeah. <laughs> we sound like complete dorks. <laughs> okay. So I have to share one from yesterday. Okay. Um, and then you said you had an example to share with your much bigger son. So um, yesterday I have – I have I won a padon- – a- was this called Fitbit pedometer thing? I won it at school. And um, I've been using it and talking to my own children about it, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Trip, guess how many steps I got yesterday? And he guessed 21,000. And I was like, actually, and you guessed 15,000, right? Or something, or 18,000? No, it was, I don't know, six. I don't somewhere know, somewhere around there. there. Yeah. And, and both of those were actually realistic because when we run, we get, you know, a, 8,000, I think. Right. And then um, depending on how busy of a day, I've Which I think is wrong that if you're supposed to get 10,000 a day and you guys run four miles in the morning, that's, that's, that's not yet what an average person is supposed to get. That's a little crazy. That's not che- – well, yeah, it's not cheating. I mean, we're I know, just not, getting it I'm done. I'm not saying it's cheating from you. <laughs> I'm saying whoever said that 10,000 steps is a, a good yeah. goal. Oh. And that means that if you've run four miles in the morning and haven't hit it yet – I see. And that's what I'm expected to do just on an average day. Yeah. yeah you just got to keep walking those laps at school there, JJ. Yeah. Uh, he, he walked a lap on his own volition yesterday. Yeah. And the internet went out at school. <laughs> <laughs> like the universe was so dumbfounded that I walked a lap that it just killed the internet. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So I got really sidetracked I'm there. Sorry. Um, oh, yeah. Trip, how many steps? 21,000. Okay. Get lower. Um, and he, we played the like higher lower game, and that child was doing it within the fifteen thousand area, you know. And first he went to fifteen thousand ninety or something like that, and then kept getting higher, fifteen thousand five hundred twenty-seven. It was funny that he would not say like I would have gone fifteen thousand five hundred. Okay, that's not it. Fifteen thousand seven hundred. Yeah, he was just taking shots in the dark, random ones. But he was able to keep track of where he was. Yeah, and he, you know, it didn't take him that many numbers to get into 15,984 and he got there. And for me, when I showed up this morning and he remembered how many steps he took yesterday. He's so crazy. Um, So that's a, and not everyone's going to be able to start with thousands numbers with their own kids, but you could, you know, you can play this with any age kid. Just think about what your range is that you're working with. So that was a fun game. Um, Tell your one about about Trace. <sighs> okay, so Tracy has how old's Trip? Eight, seven, seven, and my son is twenty two. So he's graduated from college, and he's like he's an adult. So you have to make decisions and you have to live with the consequences. But I'm still his mom. Yeah, and I can see like, oh, don't do that. That's that's not a good thing to do. So he is saving for a ring, trying to get his credit card debt gone, and not getting enough hours 
at his job this summer. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, let me tell you something. The more you work, <laughs> the more money you make, the more money you have to pay off your debt. So if you get a second job and you've learned to live in this little part-time salary check, live on that and use your second job to pay off your credit card. Yeah. So I talked to him yesterday morning and then I called him yesterday afternoon and then I went to my Bible study and one of the girls there was like, oh, well, my husband has this business and he's looking for someone. So I called him back again and he's like, mom, Thanks, mom. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and I, we, I talked, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I totally get where you are in life. Like I'm supposed to be your coach. Yeah. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm just kind of coaching you. But man, this is a hard time. Like he's done so many good things and I'm so proud of him. And then you're just like, okay, God, he's completely in your hands. This is what you have for him. Guide him down this path. I would much rather be playing how many steps what's in the middle i can't that can can be a long time as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah i think that's the fun thing about our friendship ruth is that like (laughs) you're 10 years ahead of me all the time and like i i I remember being in like when carrington was in kindergarten and you would like go like she won't wear what i want her to wear to school and you were like so upset about it and and then i i was like you know, 10 years later, like, Oh, here I am. I remember this conversation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You should have been recording all your conversations with Ruth over the last 20 yeah. years. So that I so have that some we could, wisdom, you know, <laughs> know what have, to do. Have it written down somewhere like, all right, that's right. She talked about this. Yeah. Don't yeah. do what Ruth did. <laughs> all right. Let's try something else. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, my kids are awesome. They I, really are. It's, it's just been a journey. I mean, that's what parenting is yeah. and you don't get a book. You have to just, yeah. Although I'm sure somebody will sell you one. Right. Yeah. How to parent your 22-year-old. Okay. So on a lighter note, can I tell two other math games talking math with your kids? I'm so excited about math games. Okay. Great. Okay. Um, One is called The Middle Game. Here, we can even play it if you want to. Okay. So or I made up the name. I don't know if that's really what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Did you make up the game or you just gave it a new name? I did not make up the game. I don't think. No. So you took somebody else's content. And you change the name on it. Oh, burn. That's that's in the news right now. <laughs> well, all right. So um, anyway, you, you're you going to say one, two, three, go. And where have we played this game before? We together? have not. Okay. I'm so excited. Okay, great. You and me are going to play. You're going to say one, two, three, go. And you're we're both going to say any number at the same time. Okay. okay. Are there any guidelines on which numbers you can use? And not when you play with Trip Profit. There's not. <laughs> nope. Because <laughs> that child will say... 27 million when he starts. So don't go that high, Ruth. Okay. okay. We'll be here we'll be... until you yeah. know, Monday. All right. I'll, I'll tell you how to play as we go. Okay. Ready? Think of your number. Wait just a second. Let me think. Hey, guys. Don't yell at each other. I know it's exciting. Oh, okay. But don't yell the numbers at each other. Okay. Got it. We'll just say it. Got it. Okay. All right. Ready? Okay. One, two, three, 15. 10. Okay. Wow. This is going to be really easy. Yeah, this game is already pretty much done. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now what we have to do is both say and we we're going to go again and both say another number that falls in between those two numbers, and we we win or we end when we say the same number. So we're going to keep going, and we're going to and keep we're going. only saying whole numbers. Well, it depends on who you're playing with. 
you know, we are playing with each other. So you can really say anything you want to say in between those. Okay. But then you make the game go on forever. So, you know, (laughs) wink, wink. Um, Trip and I have to decide, are we going to say after go or after three? So let's say it after three. So we're going to say one, two, three, and then say the number. Okay. Okay. Ready? One, two, three, 13. You missed the point. You have to say a number uh, between (laughs) between 10 and 15. I had 11 in my head the whole time I was going to say it. And then you said 10 10 came out. Okay. I was so worried about saying it at the right time. Okay. We're back to 10 and let's just go with 10 and 13. Okay. Ready? Okay. (laughs) One, two, three, 12. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Eleven, 11 and, and a half. Oh, oh, you're trying to burn. get me. Uh, oh, dang. Um, Three-eighths. Okay, ready? One, <laughs> two. <laughs> okay, ready? One, two, three. Eleven, 11 and three-eighths. And... Don't try to sabotage the game. <laughs> the point is to say the same number. Are you trying to get me? You're okay, trying to get me. we said the same game. Okay. Let's so, say we did it. Yeah. I was trying to convert it to a decimal, oh. and it didn't come out. That was <laughs> way too hard. But no, so Trip and I, Trip loves that game, and we play it in the car a lot. Um, it's it's just fun, and he'll he'll go as high as he possibly can, and then and then it's a good practice to like, you know, we're at two billion. Where does five hundred thousand fall in between those? You know, and I'm challenging way down from that. Right, I know, but I'm challenging myself to say something close to the middle every single time and it's like good practice for me just to think about it and he's you know he's he's always saying appropriate numbers in between okay move on the other number the other game i did get from a tweet but i cannot remember who i got it from it was some dad who went to his kids class to like do fun first grade math with their with the class and um they played a he he said he had a few extra minutes and so he said um i'm thinking of three numbers that add up to 10 the sum of the three numbers is 10 you have to ask me some questions to figure out what the three numbers are and the goal is the way that i played this with trip the goal is to ask as few of questions as possible to get to it okay so give me a second let me think of my numbers I have my numbers. Why don't you ask me questions? Oh, okay. Um, okay, this was Tripp's first question. Was, um, are there two even numbers? That was his yeah. first question, right? No, there are not two even numbers. Okay. I need a pen. I'm going to record. Tripp could sell this in his head, but I'm not quite that quick. <laughs> so... So next okay. year, our son is going to be teaching fourth grade math. He's, he's so amazing. Okay. And, I, and I, I don't think I'm saying that just because he's my own kid. All right. Um, do you have a three? Yes. Okay. So side note, now I'm thinking that the, the other two numbers have to add up to make seven. So I know it's got to be one and six. Two and five, or three and four. I'm cheating because I feel like I'm cheating because I'm writing it down. Um, all right, so it could still be any of those combos. So now I need to think about what I can ask that would eliminate two answers, maybe. When and this is, I'm just thinking back. When you gave her the the guidelines, did you say that there could be repeat numbers or not? I did not. I just was wondering because she could use three and she could have another three. Yeah. 
So you could have three, three, and four. Right. Yeah. Um, do you have a number bigger than four? Yes. Uh, do you have a one? Yes. Three, one, and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that took me, I, I count three, one, and six as the last guess. So that took me one, two, three, four questions to get to it. Yeah. So that's the game. That was cool. Five, one, two, three. Yeah, five. Five questions. So that's the game. It's a lot to keep in your head. It is possible to have all even numbers, right? But it's not because you could do two. Yeah, but it's not possible to have one odd number. You can't have one odd number and two even numbers. Oh, gotcha. Because it it equals 10. You have totally sent me into a question back to integers. After we talked about it. Oh, Bell. Chris said negative. I know. I play this in my class, and, or no, it was. It was Trip. He he randomly threw a negative number in there in, with me when when he thought of his numbers and and he didn't quite like get it. He was he was right. subtracting. <laughs> he that's how he was calling it. He was like, let's say it was eight, four, and two. In his mind, he was eight plus four subtract two. But I was like, buddy, what you're doing is adding a negative two. You know. So we had that conversation. Okay, wow. go. So a student comes to me and she says, Mrs. E, are those integer rules kind of like the odd and even rules? Ooh, say some more. Well, that's what I said because I didn't know the odd and even rules. But she said yeah. an even times an even is always an even. Yep, yep. And an odd times an odd is always it's odd. Always a- Odd. It's always yeah, yeah, yeah. odd? Yeah. Three times seven, 21. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Five times five, 25. Okay. Maybe she's, maybe she's talking about addition. Well, and then an even times an odd, can it be either? No. What is an even times an odd? It's always even? It's always even. Yeah. Because because if you have um, an even, think of it like an even number, an even an even number of groups. Yeah, because you're all then you're always pairing those two odd. Like if you're thinking about threes, you're always pairing the extra okay. le- leftover number together. So it, like we kind of hashed it out, her and I, in between classes, like you and I just did. And yeah. she was like, okay, so it's not the same, and walked away. And I had answered her question. But for her to know that those were rules out here in math yeah. land, and then to hear the integer rules, you yeah. know, it was yeah. just cool for her to. Ask me that. Yeah. My kids were bringing up lots of connections. Like it it sort of reminds me of them, how the decimal rules seem to flip, like multiplying by a decimal becomes smaller. Mm. You know, they, Mm. they would kind of make those relationships as we were going through things. Then they brought it back up with fractions and all that stuff. So, yeah, I like it. If you need something to do while you have to be quiet, you can play either one of these games. Yeah. But Although, you can't yell numbers at each other if you're trying to be quiet. 11 and 3 eighths. <laughs> All right. So play some games with your kids this summer. Post about it. Hashtag it. Right. Yeah. 
Hashtag it. Get your kid to make a get a second job. <laughs> I did post on Twitter, like talking math with my kids, that I went to my son's house and saw that he had labeled all of the food in the refrigerator with his roommates as the square root of nine because that's Trace. His name is Trace because uh, he's isn't the third. He cute. I like it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, we need a um, takeaway. So my takeaway is use tables. Like I'm really yeah. going to think about That's good. how I can start out the year using tables to show their thinking. This year I dove right in and I feel like I made them think, but I didn't make them show it like yeah. I should have because yeah. I didn't really know what I was looking for. Right. Like let's just solve these really cool problems that I found. And now if they had something to go back and show their thinking. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, this is really hopefully, but wouldn't it be cool if you did find a kid who did, used a table or something like a table and you were able to like, oh, this kid came up with this idea. The idea comes from a student rather mm-hmm. than coming from you, you know, or or even just go over and like talk to one kid about it and then act like it was their idea. <laughs> That's teacher the, move. Yeah, teacher move. Mm-hmm. All right, you got a takeaway, JJ? My takeaway is is not at all math related. Today. That's okay. I was recently going through pictures. You were talking about kids in this podcast. And I found the group of pictures that Ruth took of Adley when she was like days old. Oh, and, you got to tell that story. Carrington's holding her. And Car- was Carrington like first grade, second grade? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and I guess it was because you had been talking about Carrington you know, in the past with her stuff going on this summer. And oh. I just happened to find those pictures. And I was looking at them the other night. I was looking through old pictures trying to find something else. Yeah. And found that group of Carrington holding her and Adley just the most horrendous screaming looking. <laughs> I hate this look on her face. But <laughs> Yeah. Ruth, do you want to tell this story or the, your side of that story? <laughs> oh, it's much better from you. Oh, just that, that – you know, Ruth had the nicest camera of anyone that we knew at that point in our life. And so she was like, I'll come take some baby pictures for you. And she gets to our house and we put like a dress on her and a bonnet on her and she's tidy and she's just screaming bloody murder. So all the pictures, she's red pasted screaming. <laughs> and Carrington is somehow, you know, just got a heavenly little smile on her yeah. face. And Adelaide looks like she's being tortured. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, man. That's a, that's a long time ago. All right. And that was Ten like it was, you lived like an hour away. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like I could just come back another day. Like, yeah. What do with this? I've committed now. Dang We're going to take these pictures. <laughs> you got to <laughs> stop. Oh, that's a good story. Um, my takeaway is to probably, well, one was that the context matters. I really appreciated Annalise sharing the picture and then making us. I mean, it just made us think better about why does this not feel like pencils and markers to us? And that's important um, to pick the right model to go with the right context or the right context to go with the model. Um, And then just like make sure I enjoy my kids this summer, um, that there are going to be lots of opportunities like that and and seize those opportunities and then. And make sure you enjoy your kids these last four days, five days at school. Oh, at school, yes. You're going to have lots of opportunities to yeah. choose. Yeah. I have to, to enjoy ch- them. Right now, I have to choose you it have every to choose day. joy. Yeah. Thank you. It's it's getting hard, but 
I'm going to do it. Well, speaking from someone who has one day left, <laughs> go do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can, you want to come choose joy with me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been fun and I will see you on a run. All right. All right.